All right, the Lord is good. I just want us to do something before um, we get into our teaching for today. Can we quickly open our Bibles to the book of Psalms? Let's start from Psalms 2. Book of Psalms chapter 2. What we are doing is declaring the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ into the air. And we are going to do this often. All right? I do it personally. We do it in the family. And I last, about two weeks ago, we began to do it here. And I want us to do it in our individual lives as often as possible. There are different ones. I just want us to use Psalm 2 for today. Are we ready? One, two, let's go. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cut away their cause from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on the, my holy mountain of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled, but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. This is the lordship of Jesus declared over this land. And so we shall see in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, kiss the son, lest he be angry. And the result is that those who do not do that, they will perish out of the way. The Lord will arise and he will destroy all the enemies of his knowledge in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take our declaration of understanding quickly. One, two, let's go. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. The word of God is coming to you again afresh today, amen. and it's driving out every darkness in your soul, amen. every affliction in your body. Amen. And every confession of spirit Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Let's open our Bibles again. And I want to, there are two portions uh, which we referred to last time, which we will take uh, as our text of scriptures for today. Which one do we start with? Okay, let's read from the, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Both of them, all right, are in the book of Deuteronomy, so it's good for us to start. With the earlier one, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now I'm going to start from verse 1, but because it's quite a lengthy read, I, t- I might jump here and there so as to save time uh, in the reading. He said, All the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply 
and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. He said, thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything. A land, he says, whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. He said, when you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware, he says, that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with his fairy serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness he fed you manna which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Let me stop there in verse 18. And because I read without interruption from verse 1 to verse 18, and I ended up doing that because I realized that if one wants to read this, we can just refer to Deuteronomy um, that's chapter 32, which we read, we've read a number of times now. Okay. And what I want to just explain briefly today to us in this our series on the entrance of faith is for us to understand what God really is doing in our lives. It's very important we understand it. Let me start again by reminding us of where we began from. What we are doing is acquainting ourselves with spiritual truths. What we are doing is acquainting ourselves with spiritual information because Faith is an automatic product of information that we have. If we have that seed of God in our hearts, once God has planted his seed in our hearts, once we 
you know, we get to know spiritual things, faith will be automatic. And we saw that from the lives of two people. Let's just take one again. This Roman centurion, he said to Jesus, this is how things work. And the Lord Jesus said, ha, this is great faith. I have not found faith like this in Israel. And he wasn't there saying that I'm a man of great faith. He was just explaining some principles that you don't need to come to my house. I know the way spiritual authority flows. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And this other woman who got, which Jesus said had great faith also. He got something great, not even for herself, both situations he got for somebody else. And the foundation of it was spiritual understanding. They said healing belongs to the children and we cannot give the children's bread and cast it out to dogs. And he said, but crumbs do fall when the children eat. That's what I'm asking for. And Jesus said, great is thy faith. Now, what I'm going to say is that, just want to remind us, that be acquainted with spiritual information. Let me just really add an extra to it this, morning, uh, this uh, evening. Don't fill your head, because information, there's a way it is. It tends to be displacive. It displaces itself. But what I'm trying to say is that if you fill your head so much with natural information, you will have less of your spiritual information. That's the way it is, because it's, you have a limited amount of time in a day to acquire things. So prioritize acquisition of spiritual information. Spend more time with those who feed you with spiritual information. Listen, you know, the more I think about it, the more I realize how true it is. This life is very temporary. It's almost like an illusion. Yes, that's it. Things that happen around, you know, so the, the, one of my greatest prayers is that, God, help me to see from above, not from beneath. Because if we see from above, do you know the truth? Even pain, it feels differently. It does. Let, let's talk for a moment about pain. You may see the troubles of life, the pains you are going through. You know, I did my NYSC in northern Nigeria. That's in Taraba State, freshly created that time. The point is that I had heard about Fulani um, women, young women, when they are given birth, that they don't shout for pain and all of that. I heard about, about Irish women also. And I didn't, despite the fact that I had been told, I was not prepared for what I saw when I saw it. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. I'll say young girl, when I say young, young, 18, in labor. And she's, she's, oh my father in heaven. She does not as much as squeeze her face like this, clench her face, nothing. She may as well be watching a boring movie for all the reaction you get from her. The first day I was called to the clinic that I had a patient in labor. When I got there, I saw the young woman lying down there. I just assumed that why are they calling me so early? The midwife should I be able to handle this. What's going on? You know, just casually, I put my hand, you know, part of my examination, put my hand on the big tummy, and I looked at the girl's face. Because if, if you have a bit of experience, you know how strong a co- contraction is by putting your hand on it. When I felt that strength of contraction, I looked at the person contracting. It was as if she was watching a boring movie. If I say watching a movie, you expect a reaction from somebody who's watching an exciting movie, right? This one, as if he was watching a boring movie, one of those poorly produced movies in which KOK drives two kilometers and you have to watch the two-kilometer drive. <laughs> in that kind of thing, they are playing song for you so that one short movie can be made into four different episodes. <laughs> that's, a, that's the kind of thing you think you're watching, that she's watching. No reaction. I was shocked that day. I'd heard about it, yet I wasn't prepared for what I saw. Pain. Now, those of you who have had labor, I'm sure you, those of you who have never been in labor, been there, you don't get what I'm saying. So just assume that, don't mind them. They'll just be shouting anyhow. If you have shouted anyhow before, you know what I'm talking about. Yet yeah, these girls will just behave as if nothing is happening. Ha. 
my Father in heaven. I don't think it's just conditioning so as to, you know, calm down your reaction. This is my opinion. They have gotten to a point they are hardly feeling the pain. And it's just conditioning. It's nothing genetic. It's societal conditioning. Just been taught that that's how it's supposed to be. So you can imagine when I came down from the north after my NYC, I came to Lagos. And I see women ah, running and throwing away their rapper. You know, I was never impressed. Come on down, sit down. Nobody picking you one bone. In my mind, I, I, I thought, please sit down. Mm, look at your age. Look at the way you're shouting. <laughs> I was able 10 years younger than you, picking their teeth and delivering twins. <laughs> now, that, that was now my own. That's how those young women there affected me. <laughs> you know. Anyway, let me not sit down giving you this. You will have laughed. Some things that were, I don't know if my friend who also works further up north, he told me some things he saw. That that one, he couldn't believe it when he saw a man with broken bones. Don't touch a man's leg when he's broken. He will faint from the pain. This one will be talking with his friend. <laughs> and the doctor will be trying to twist the leg. Is it really broken? <laughs> See, this is where I'm going. Physical things we experience, you'll be amazed at how the soul can condition them until you can hardly feel them. That's what I'm going to explain. That's the point I'm going to make. A lot of the things we complain and whine and grumble about is conditioning also, or lack of proper conditioning. Bear that in mind. If you fill your heart with spiritual information, let me explain something to you. Has it ever crossed your mind, think about this for a moment, that a man, hmm, young man, maybe 20, 25 years of age, they tell him tomorrow you are going to die and he's excited. And he's not, he's not, going, to, he's not going to kill him, he's going to kill himself tomorrow. He, they give him the bomb, he straps it. They give him the detonator, he's gone through training for years on how to detonate and kill as many people as himself as possible. And he's going to do it tomorrow and he's excited today that tomorrow we die. He can hardly stay from the excitement. In the morning, he faces the mirror, and they dress him up. He looks at himself, and he puts a jacket over his bum, and he starts strolling into a busy train station somewhere in Europe, somewhere in America, and he has a detonator. Then when he gets, he looks around. Maybe he's on the train, and the train is going full speed. He shouts, Allah, come! He detonates with a smile on his face. Think about it. Listen. Like Jesus would say, learn the lesson from the fig tree. <laughs> so let's just learn the lesson from there. Sometimes, listen, there are a number of reasons people get to that level. But one thing I want you to understand is that the young man has been taught. You can call it brainwashing, whatever you like. But the truth is that he has reached a particular place where physical pain doesn't matter to him anymore. Death, you can't threaten him with death. He's looking forward to it. I hope you're getting my point. And this is the interesting part. The saints of old were like that. Except that they were not suicidal. They were on a mission. They told Paul, these are the kind of things that will happen to you if you go this way. He said, none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life as dear unto myself. What is most important? That I finish the assignment that he has placed before me. Do you know what we do these days? We count our lives as dear unto ourselves. And we'll do everything to preserve it, not only that, and to make it very comfortable. Anything that wants to disturb our comfort has to be removed. Even if we feel there's a risk of walking out of the plan of God, we don't care. What I'm going to say is this. It's because of wrong focus 
We have filled out, you know, the Bible, talk, there's something that Paul will say. He said, seek the things that are what? Above. Where your life is hid with Christ in God. I'm putting a number of scriptures together now. Keep your focus on the things above. You know, there's one problem I have with a lot of our preaching these days in Christianity. And if you're a pastor, you listen to this, I want you to go and check your preaching. When you finish preaching, all right, as a pastor, where do people focus on at the end? Check that very well. Your preaching, where does it take the focus of people to? I'm not deciding whether I should say this or not. There's a preacher, okay, let me just say I used to listen to long ago. It was a tremendous blessing to my life. Then one day I started listening to him. That, you know, you've not heard this man in a long time, or you have an old message, you've been playing the old messages. And I've got recent messages of his. That's some, quite a number of years ago. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And, see, and we have to be very, and that's what I'm going into today, okay? We have to be very careful so that we understand what God is doing. Let me say this to you. God is not trying to make you rich. He's not trying to make you rich any more than you are trying to make your child, uh, your, your son or daughter in university rich for those four, four years he or she's going to be there. All you want to do is make the person comfortable. Not really, comfort is not your primary thing. Your primary thing is that what does it take to be able to read and get a good grade and come out of school? Kostaris is one of the richest Nigerians, in, I mean, he's in the top 0.1% of wealth in Nigeria, Okay? If you count in Naira, you'll be a billionaire. If you count in U.S. dollars, he's definitely a multi-millionaire in U.S. dollars, at least. He said something. I was watching a video of his the other day. He said he told his children, of course, they go to school in Nigeria. Money is not his problem. So they go to Unilag, you know, things like that. They are going to Unilag. I'm not buying you a car. That the children, they, they can't understand. You, you, now, do you follow my point? You see Kostari's son, Cosmas Maduka, you know, maybe you say, I don't know any of the children's name, but let's assume his name is Uche. You see Uche Maduka in class, and he say, boy, Namu, enter Akada. Keke, they go somewhere. You know, you look like, did you say Kostaris was your father? You think he's an impostor. The man said, I'm not giving you anything like that. He said, because if I do, I will ruin your life. So even though I can afford it, I heard him say it, I'm not giving you. And then one day he got home, and the car was missing. And they told him one of his sons took it. He banned the boy from coming home for three months. So this one, you won't do it again. He dealt harshly with it. That the boy took a car from his father's compound and went out. And he came home. Where is the car I left here? The one of the children took it. Which one of them? The, the thing he did to that boy, next time he give the boy a car. No, he said, no, I, we don't drive cars in our family. The day I saw it on TV, I, I saw the video. You know, it was almost unbelievable. But there are those that don't have any money that they have to save and borrow to buy that car. And they just want to buy it so that... Uh, <laughs> this is Niger- Now, a child driving car in university is not a big deal. It's not in itself. I'm going to bring it in context. Because, like, you go to a place like the U.S., where they, don't, they have a very poor um, public transport system. They expect you to own a car. And for them, it's not a big deal. For him, he said, he explained his reason. I don't want to go into the details now. The lesson I just want to bring out from me, so let's not get, because sometimes when you are preaching, people will now forget what you are saying. They will not be thinking Kostaris, leave Kostaris out. What I want to bring out is one lesson, that I'm not trying to make you rich. Even though I have money, I can do it. But I want to be sure that you focus on your studies. He said some other things I didn't want to just repeat. And he explained how that would be a distraction for them. And that's why he didn't want to do it. Because look, in a society like ours, few students have cars. The ones that have, they stand out. 
She didn't want the children to stand out. In a place like the U.S., is, is, I mean, even if you are poor, you will look for an old one to drive, because it's the only way to get around. In fact, my friend was saying when his daughter was going to school, he had to buy her a car in the U.S. And that, so after plenty talk, he insisted on buying a Toyota, you know, mid-range Toyota. He said, the day they went to the girls' school, he said, I felt poor. <laughs> that the student car park, Lexus, Lexus. He said, yeah. He said, I feel very, very poor. Why? His daughter is driving a Toyota Camry. Not your stolen model. <laughs> I mean, it's not a common model you see on our streets till now. He said, I felt very poor. He said, Vanky, I felt like a pauper. He said, when I saw the cars that the children parked. <laughs> now, so the context is different. That's, that's what I want to say. For them, it's, not, it's the only way to get around. The only way to get around. Parents buy their children cars so as to make life easy for them. That is like, your younger ones wants to go out. Please help me take them out. Otherwise, the father or the mother has to make time to do the, the running around. Okay, that's just by the way. So I'm going to say something here. So I've taken too much time on that anyway. I want to just emphasize that when your child is in school, you're not trying to make the child rich. You're trying to make the child able to learn. If too much money or too much trappings of wealth will be a distraction, like for Costaris, he said it to be, you pull it out. For some people, I've seen people that for them it was an incentive. Read your book, get this grade, I give you this car. I have another guy like that in the same Lagos. His father looked at him and said, listen, let's do something. You do this, you do this, you do that, I give this to you. The boy looked at that is a price for doing well. That did nothing spoil. His father used it to focus him until the boy became a very good student. One of them said that, you see, your focus is on the child succeeding. Your focus is not wealth. Your focus is succeed, my son. Succeed, my daughter. Do well. What will it take for you to do well? I hope you're getting my point. I have a friend. <laughs> oh, wait, school. <laughs> ah, this is Jesus. I remember now I laughed. You know, the only way he used to get money from his father. His father was one strict, strict. You know, they're strict and they're strict. His father was strict and strict. He would come to school wearing very high quality shirts. You know, like high quality, top quality shirts. But the same one that the Beatles wore. You know what I said? Okay, but we don't know what's Beatles. Okay, sorry. Imagine that. Okay, let me be like this. The style was invoked 20 years before. But it's top quality. The father bought it long ago. And gave it to the boy, my son. A good one. When you see the culture, you know, see this old boy? You know, go and learn the meaning of the word anachronism. You look anachronistic. You look right out of time. This is not your season. You existed 30 years ago. Now, this is what I'm making. The only way he used to get money from his father, the man, the man had money. Money wasn't his problem. Buy me trendy clothes, you won't buy. No, nothing spoil. So if they tell us to buy, you know, you know the way it is, for a particular course, there will be a recommended textbook and two other alternatives. So you can, any one of them, the lecturers say, that's okay. So that list, he will take it and go home and point to the three. Since his father is not a doctor, are you getting my point? Even if his father is well-educated, has a PhD, but he couldn't tell the difference because the names are different. So you see, Guyton's physiology of the human system. You see, basic human physiology by Ganong. You see, you see three different names. The man give the father say, as our list. 
The man that won't re- remove, uh, produce money for any other thing. But once it's a book, it's also without release the money for information. Oh no, his money's not coming out. He's going to the market himself. <laughs> and the son knew that's not the problem. He's waiting. So the man, remember, there are three books. How many does he need? One. And now you have like four, five, six subjects like that. So he's going to buy five books. He gets 15. Your father doesn't know the difference. Then he sells. Four, uh, they're brand new books. The father won't write me when they will just collect it. Thank you, daddy. I appreciate your support. <laughs> we shall do well in school. God shall help us. We shall pass. Then he gets back to school and starts selling the books. He says, you think you are, you are smart. Me say, I guess sense. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask him at the end of the day, what happened to the books? Are you planning? I mean, he wasn't planning. And if, if you ask him, they don't tiff him. No, it's cool. <laughs> but my emphasis is that I just use these different fathers to show that the focus, even though all these fathers I mentioned were rich, all of them, the primary thing was what? Do well in school. And everything the father's focus was do well in school. He won't give the man, the boy the money, but he will spend the money on the boy if it will help him do well. That's how our Heavenly Father also is. There's a reason why we're on earth. Wealth is to serve a purpose. It's never the aim of our existence. It can't be. He doesn't give us money. It's not, we are not here so we can be rich. You see, it's an inferiority complex, actually. I hope you know that. When we, the pursuit of money, a lot of times, is an inferiority complex. When I was in university, there was one particular chap that was a year my senior in school. Now, his father owned a bank. Owned, you know, his property. We did not know. He lived in hostel like the rest of us. We, never, we didn't suspect anything. We just lived like everybody else. What normal clothes like everybody else? But you know what I found out? Okay, now, let me finish his own story. The first time we suspected anything was at a particular time we finished one particular exam, and he showed up with one briefcase. Then, you know, there are things that are trained at different times, you know. So when we were in school, to have a briefcase was a big boy thing. So you go around with a briefcase, not a bag. Now everybody carries their things on the back. No, that time, if you wanted to be a senior guy, you carried a briefcase. So, he showed up in school after a holiday with a briefcase. I, my, my, see this guy's briefcase. You know, it was impressive. Let's make it also. The way we began to suspect things, so, one day just said, hey, Banky, yeah, please, I wanted to give your fellowship something. He just handed me an envelope. I was playing on my fellowship that time. It was a year my senior was about to graduate. When I opened the envelope, when I saw the amount of money, my friend was president of another fellowship. He got the same envelope with the same amount of money. Then I remembered some time ago, we finished fellowship, and there was one sister, was our, well, she used to count cash, offering and all of that, was our, on our ESCO. And she was dancing. Ah, I said, okay, why are you dancing? She was dancing. Why? Inside the offering basket, she found that envelope again. So, you know, when I got that one from him, I remember, you know, this envelope that just, it's only your family that has it. It's not the one you bought in the waiting. That kind of envelope. So I realized that this guy boy was distributing money around fellowships. Just come to the fellow, just tossing the offering basket. That is half of the offering for the days. One person that dropped it. Not even half. Like this, if you remove his own, now 10% remain. 
And then when he graduated, I left school in 1991, so he graduated in 1990. His father gave him a brand new Honda Accord. Now, you know what I'm telling the story? You would never have guessed. He lived like everybody else. He was a cool-headed, you know, young man just going around. The only way we suspected he had money was when we... And I only knew because I was the president of fellowship, and he saw me, I remember that in the library. He just said, oh, Banky, sorry. I, I, you know he wanted to come and drop it himself, but he felt he wouldn't have time. He just gave it to me. And I remember the envelope coming to the last time I saw it. I said, oh, boy, so is this guy... That was when, of course, what later on our head linked his name to things you read in the paper and realized his father owned a bank. The one I'm telling the story is the other boys whose fathers were civil servants, people like that. They will die to buy new trousers. I hope I get my point. They want to be trendy. Before one thing is in, is, is in vogue, they've gone to harass their fathers to bring the money. Inferiority complex. That's what I'm going to. A man like that, young man, he didn't have it. So you are dying to show off wealth. He didn't know, he didn't think wealth needed to be showed off or shown off. He, he, he had it. He was not in doubt. He didn't tell any. I think his, only his closest friends would have suspected. And he wasn't a stingy person like, okay, you don't want to spend money. I said, the way he would drop money, different fellowships. So he, he, didn't come, he didn't come to my family. He was not a member. Yet we felt him. One thing the story is that if you saw him, you wouldn't guess. But the ones that looked richest were actually the poorest. They harassed their father, harassed their mother, go home, hustle, do everything. Why? Ah, for this campus, they must not say I did. You know why? They're not did. And that's how sometimes they ask like that, when we have been like that. It's the same attitude. Because looking at all this pursuit of money. You know, I like the one scripture we read yesterday. He said, these are the things unbelievers fill their heads with. Let's read it again. Matthew chapter 6, New Living Translation. Sometimes this pursuit of money, I want to be this one, is inferiority complex. Emptiness of soul. And Solomon, God gave him to us so that we will know ahead of time. It is what? Vanity. Solomon said it's like chasing after the wind. It's like chasing after the wind. New Living Translation, Matthew chapter 6. Verse, um, let me just start from verse 11. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? Is there a confusion? Huh? Oh, sorry. It's 31. Sorry, you know... <laughs> Apologies. I'm very so sorry. It's verse 31. Verse 31. As all of you were looking at each other instead of looking at me, I knew something was... I know this mask, this. You don't even know what they are thinking again. You know? People don't cover their whole face with mask. The Lord is good. All right, let me read it again so that you read with me. He says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Let's just complete reading the next verse, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Sometimes this pursuit of material success, worldly wealth, 
is nothing but an inferiority complex. It's an inferiority complex. I've known that those who have observed, most people who want to show you they have, they really don't have. Those who really have, they are too busy having, they don't have time to show it to you. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, they, are, they, are, they don't have time to show it to you. you know, they, they, do you know who I am? He's nobody. Or he became somebody for a short period yesterday. I, I hope you're getting my point. Yes, I've encountered people like that a lot of times. <laughs> Let me tell you one day, I saw one young man on the road. Ah, let me pray for you. Everybody listen to me. May God deliver you from inferiority complex Amen. and foolishness. Amen. And me too. In Jesus' name. Yeah, because you don't know when you are doing these things. That's what I'm telling you. That's why I had to pray that prayer. That day, you know that road behind, um, that runs parallel to um, Abakaliki Road that's behind the mall, coming from the other side. So from where you get to that old polo roundabout and then go down to Transecule. So I was coming from that road. It was, it's, it's, it's wide. You know, that road is wide. So people can park on both sides and two trucks can still drive. In between. But this guy stopped dead in the center of the road to buy something. Parking space, you know, in that place is not a terrible thing. You can find easily. He stopped dead. I, I was right behind him. Then he stopped, one down, and called the person selling the shop nearby. And bring me this, bring me that. Ah, I said, honey for him. I couldn't get it. So after I this guy was not in a hurry, wasn't planning to mind me. So I looked for a way to navigate around him. So I stopped when I got to his line. You know, where we could get, see, I, I went down and said, oh boy, why would you do that? That is so, you know, friend, well, that's so out of order. He looked at me and said, he, he said, you would do it. You too, you would do it. Then he struck me. He was driving a Hummer, H2. This guy had never had a car in his life. You know, it was a word of knowledge or whatever it is. I realized that once he had that high vehicle, it only felt powerful. There was a way he answered me. I realized that he was saying, listen, if you're in my shoes, what's wrong with stopping the center of the road? The answer I forgot to give him. I didn't think of it. I would have told him poverty and I would have driven away. That would have hit him. I would have told him poverty is your problem. I wish I were a policeman. Or soldier. I would have never had to do. I would arrest him. Not for anything, for his own sake. Because the way you are behaving, you won't live long, or you will, or you will live long in extreme poverty. Money, ha- that is your value for material things. Just one little car. I mean, this kind that I can jam. Just dent it for the fun of it and tell you, so? Let me see what you know. I have dented your car. I carry stone. Break the light. I say, yeah. That kind of person, he almost kill you. Don't break his light. Too. <laughs> Because they're attacking his God. <laughs> yeah, that's, true. That's, true. that's his God. I never forgot that young man because I said, Kai, this guy has been poor for three generations. Minimum. Many of our pursuit of wealth, eh? you know the truth? Inferiority complex. One guy says something to another person, they don't go here many years ago. He said, he wants to go abroad. Now, I'm not attacking going abroad or not going abroad. Why? He said, so that at least he can own a house and own a car. And the guy who he spoke to said something, which he didn't live up to it, but he was inspired. He said, work for me, I'll make it happen. And both of them were on the same level. He said, that's all you want out of your life? He said, please work for me, I'll make it happen. No, no, don't run around. Just take a job with me. I'm still small now, but I'll build this company to a level that will give you a house, I'll give you a brand new car. 
has an inferiority complex. That your life, what you just want, is to own a house and buy a brand new car. I'll be honest with you. I, God helped me sometime. Um, you may have heard my story again and again when I was in Lagos. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, God took me to Lagos to disgrace wealth. You know what they call wealth? Disgrace money. So, banking, after now, you have no respect for it. When I got to Lagos, I lived amongst those that I had. We're not, not like living together, but you know, every day you go out, you, you overhear them talk. You're driving, they're at the back of the car. I, I, I worked for my auntie as a driver for some time. It wasn't like a, a job, it was more like you're an idle man in the house. I want to go out, please now, come and carry me. Before I knew what I became my full-time job. <laughs> it started because the, the, she had two drivers. One was working in the office, the other was a personal driver. So one of them left. The one that left was the one working in the office. So the one working personally had to now go back to the office to be working there. So most of the time we are home together. I just say, ah, thank you, I'm not going out this morning. I said, no, ma. Okay, come now, please, now. I need, I need to go somewhere. You know I'm not feeling well. Can you drive me? It started like, like play, like play. Before I knew what was happening, permanent job. There was only a doctor in Nigeria doing that job that time. <laughs> if I the first day I started working and I, I, I didn't work for some time, I've heard the story. I'll just listen to the message, to the gospel all the time. One evening when I started working, if I it was two days after I told the Lord I was tired of not having the job, I look back now. Maybe I didn't need to pray that prayer. Maybe I don't know. But but God answered me. But what He did was He didn't give me the job during the day, so I only worked at night. The first night I was going out. I was just getting ready. So I said, please, I wanted to go. I said, Auntie, I'm going to walk. Oh, she, she has become so used to my drive. Now, the point I'm making is that, so I drove to big places, you know, drove. Sometimes you're talking, a business person, two are there at the back, and they're discussing. You'll be hearing money, sums. You'll be hearing, you don't have money. And they'll be buying shoes for five times my monthly salary. I wasn't working that time, but what my colleagues end. And it's a pair of shoes. Do you hear what I said? An average doctor working eight hours a day that time earned 5,000 a month. And they were buying shoes for 50,000. Not story somebody to somebody. Let me tell this you. Do you think it will fit uh, Susan and so person? Now I put my legs up to see whether it will move by itself. You know? As 50K, you have to be on your own. Are you getting me? When a doctor is earning 5,000 a month and you're buying shoes for 50,000, you have to be able to find the road to heaven. Do you follow my point? Autopilot to heaven. And I saw the way people made money. You know, made money. They were not stealing. They were just doing business. Okay, that container is coming. All right, what do we do? Okay, all right. I'll tell this guy, um, we're going to sell it to him. for. If you get us a buyer, we're selling that thing for uh, 3 million naira. Okay, no, he's, he's, if he gets a buyer... We're paying 50000 It looks small now. That time it was 10 months. An average young post-NYC doctor earned that in 10 months. And I saw them pay people money like that. to go and do hair. And they do hair once. Not two times. So. Now my monthly salary for my mates, now they take calculator. That's what I used to compare. And you see, somebody come out of the salon and has paid three months salary for one hairdo. And they said, no, this hair came from maybe one remote part of Spain and traveled across Bolivia to get, is this hair on your head now? I saw 5000 a month. That was my level salary. People will come buy a car for $2 million and say, just for the family, when they want to go out together, it really doesn't need a car. 
and you paid two million. Did I become covetous? No, 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 no. I just said that money was not worth pursuing. That those who have it, they don't die like this. Because my colleagues were working three jobs a day. Yeah, doctors did it in Lagos. I told the 5,000. They were earning 15,000 by working 24 hours. You know the meaning of that? Now die, you day. <laughs> no, you, you are going to die early. You can't live long like that. You can't live long like that. They would do 8 o'clock to 2 or 3 in one clinic, quickly dash across to another one, cover till 8 p.m., dash across to the last one, and cover overnight. I remember one guy said he wanted to buy a car. And Bishop Bodepo gave us a prophetic word that time. He wasn't prophesying, he was just preaching. He said, is it not a car that can catch fire? I never forgot that statement. I said, I cannot walk this length of time for it to be combustible. No. I found it easier to trek. Now, I'm saying all of, something in all of these things about inferiority complex. What God did for me that time was that after that, when I was living in Lagos, people said that you are living where the money is. I was looking at them. I said, money. I got cured of the pursuit of money long ago. I got cured of it long ago. You no, know, Pastor Kim was telling me, yeah, yeah, when we were just yesterday, that one pastor said, listen to him on radio and all of that. He said, you guys don't look like you're under stress. <laughs> he said, what am I stressing myself over? You know, ministry stream was big, money stream. He said, stress? No. <laughs> that is, no, where we come from, there's no stress in our lives. Anything God does not bring easy, leave it. Leave material things especially, leave it. Won't die over it. Remember one day one guy was supposed to help me buy a car for my wife those days. That was quite a while ago. Now, money is different now, but what I like to tell the story is the relative, you see the relative thing. He told me the car was going to land at one point something million naira. That was many years ago. So I gave him the whole money because there's a way it was. You go, you travel, get the car. Story now started. The car didn't come. It will come next week, two weeks, three weeks. This story just never ended. He now told people to beg me that she just give him 40,000. I've given him 1.2 million naira. I think 1.22 was what he said. I've given the money complete. He said, if I'll just give him 40,000 naira extra. The car will arrive. I said, you don't understand. I have written up the 1.22 million that I gave you. This 40,000 is my own. I'm not giving you. People didn't believe it. One brother said that, Pastor Bank, you gave somebody 1.2 million that you are sleeping with me? 1.2 million that. It wasn't like I had too much. He said that it's money. I don't know what I my point. It's not my kidney. It's money. It's not my liver. It's money. It's not my eye. It is what? Money. I said, you don't understand. The moment I gave it to him, I forgot it. It wasn't like I had so much of it. It's just that the guy begged me. He sent people to beg. That's how. What is holding this car from being delivered is 40,000 naira. I said, you guys don't get it. Tell him you should forget it. I have left the 1.2 million naira. But this 40k, I can see it. And I will not let it go. It's my own. The other one, you've taken he couldn't believe it. Finally, story, story, story. I said, another guy now called me, explained that there's a guy who detained the car because owing the guy money. That they just need to pay that guy off. I still refused. I said, now, this is how for one night those people. That's what I told them. I said, now so, after 40k, tomorrow it'll be 5,000. It'll be 2,000. Now so, next one year I'm still paying and I will never see the car. I said, leave it. 
Finally, they now gave me the number of the guy who detained my car. So me and the guy now spoke. The guy now explained the whole thing to me. And I shouldn't mind him. That is not 40,000, it's 70. I said, you see, if I was giving him 40,000, it's easy. Just to end the story, that guy now told me, said, please, sir, don't give him the money. I said, what? He said, if that, in fact, he will use that to keep the car until he sees me. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll find time out to tra- travel to where they were. And I found that I gave him the car, the, his, uh, his cash. I gave it to him, and then he handed, the guy was there, all right? So he collected his money, gave me my cars, gave me the papers, everything, and then I traveled. Now, <laughs> what I'm telling the story is that I wasn't, I wasn't going to lose sleep over it. I wasn't joking. I had forgotten. I said, listen, you see, you are putting yourself, what I hate most in life, is people who put themselves in my mind. I will now be thinking of you at night. Is, is it good? What are you? You are not my wife. You are not one of my children. Yet I will wake up at night and you annoy me. Why are you not sleeping? I'm thinking so, I'm so busy. Why? Because he took money to buy a car. And what I just, I just write. It's easier for me to, you know what they call delete? You first click delete, then you go to recycle bin, look for the thing. Delete it. <laughs> But you know, one of the ways God did that for me was that my experience. I stayed in Lagos for some for a short while at that period, staying with my auntie and all of that. And I counted a lot of people that had plenty of money, and I told my friends. In fact, I told the Lord. I said, "Listen, Lord, please. Eh? You don't have to bless me in this life materially. <clears throat> it's not a big deal." A certain thing, because I listened to some messages by Bishop Oyedepo, read books, read people like John G. Lake, Oswald J. Smith, and all of that. I read all those people, then observed. How God really blesses people. And I realized this one, I walked till I die so I can build a house. I must hang myself so I can buy a car. I realized it was not the will of God. I realized I just had to leave it for the Lord. So what I did was I just went to him and I prayed. And the, I still remember very well. The prayer I prayed to him. You know, this one of believe God, hold on. I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I still don't believe in it today. What I prayed to God was simple. I said, Lord, if you bless me in this life, I will enjoy it. And I really want you to do that. But if you decide that I will be poor, I say it now before you, it's not a problem. The only prayer now added is I said, please, don't give me a wife. Nothing wrong with not being married. Just give me the grace to remain single. That's what I told him. And, and the Lord is my witness. He knew I meant it. I was sincere about it. The grace, I'm not saying it will have been easy to be single, but I'm just saying you go add the grace joint. It's not as if just a banky, no wife for you, then I'll be dreaming of wife every day. It doesn't. <laughs> no. You add the grace. That's what Paul had. Everyone, he said, has his own, you know, his own gift. So Paul had that gift. He could remain a single man. All right? Now, but, but that, that was the experience I had. I'm telling you the truth. I did it after that. When, so when it was now time to leave Lagos, people say, yeah, leaving where the money is, I said, me. I left money long ago. I left it. I left it for God. Enugu is not a busy place and a prosperous place. When we came 20 years ago, it wasn't exactly like that. So I wasn't coming to Enugu to look for anything. But what actually drove me was that, I don't know how I knew, but that thing just stayed in my mind for, for some time. That I will leave Lagos after some time, and where I will go next is where I will start the ministry of teaching the word of God. So when I was coming to Enugu, I had one thing in mind. Here, I'm going to start teaching. And shortly after we arrived, I started writing tracks. Started writing tracks. I, we, our first tracks, I went back to Lagos to print. Oh, yes. No, I used to print my tracks in Lagos. 
you know, I was new in town, and then the truth is that Enugu that time wasn't doing the kind of printing we wanted. I stopped one day when I stumbled into a particular place, and they told me, I saw this book. Where's the printer in Enugu? I went and traced where they printed the material. And when they showed me what they could do, that's when we stopped going to Lagos. At any time, if I go to Lagos, one of the things we'll do is to print tracts. So the moment we arrived, we started printing. We started printing tracts. Within a short while, we started doing, you know, did one program in our house. <laughs> Just a few people came. They now did our famous program where the only one person came on the last day. Remember that one? Yes. <laughs> After that was when we rented the place. But the point I'm trying to make is that coming to Enugu, my wife and I discussed the primary focus we had in mind was to teach the word of God. It was the primary thing. My wife used to work in UBA. She was a banking officer. As soon as Akinlu was born, I reminded her, the days are numbered. And when they wanted to travel, she just wrote a resignation letter, attached a month's salary in lieu of notice, and told them bye-bye. And people were like, ha, ha, he, he, how could... Wait, a person go die for a bank? <laughs> what is it? Is it, a, is it a grave that you must be buried there? <laughs> and I'm like, how can you, how will you survive? Which kind of survivor? She was like, don't worry, my husband is earning some money. That one is good enough. But your fa- I said, no, our family income dropped most certainly. It did. I'm not saying it did not. It wasn't because I asked something else. No, I just said, no, you can't be leaving the house this early in the morning and coming back this late and we have a one, uh, one little, uh, do I look like I can breastfeed? I can't breastfeed. <laughs> Did you, uh, that, that was just the reason I said, no, 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 no. My own work at that time was also tedious because I was the only person in my department. Work was tedious. I said, ministry is kicking off. I said, no, you need the free, you need the free time. You need it. And that, that was just, that was, but all of this was because I, when I was in Lagos, I learned. It became real to me. A man's life is not, it is, does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. And there's a scripture, which I read before that time, which told me that it's not struggle. He said, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Let me be honest with you. I can't remember in my life feeling inferior to anybody. That is my adult life. When I'm besides hearing the word, I can't remember. I can't. I'm not bragging, no. I can't remember. See, if Ali Kodangote walks in here, I have only one respect for him. He's an employer of labor. He develops a country. The fact that he's the richest man in the world is his problem. I won't greet him twice, hoping that he'll give kingdom world money. In fact, it is forbidden. If I do that, God will put me out of ministry. He's a Muslim. I'm not allowed to desire him to help the gospel. I won't greet him two times. If he comes in, will you recognize him? Yes. Ah, there's no pride in it. It's, I mean, he's the largest, I think he should be the number one tax, that's private sector, you know, yes, he pays a lot of money to government. There was a particular year, 51% of all solid mineral tax in Nigeria, income that government made, he was the one that gave it to government from mining limestone for cement. No, you should respect that. If the chief imam of Enugu, do we have chief imam in Enugu? We must have. Okay. If he comes into Kingdom World, because he's a ruler of men, I will recognize him. I will greet him because he's what? Not because he's rich. If Dangote says, ah, please call me. You know, we're thinking of um, 
putting this word on air in Lagos, I will not call him. No, God has not taught me that one. If it's for preaching the gospel, you will call me. Tell one of your boys to call me. I won't call you. When I see you, I'll smile. Look, ah, good afternoon, sir. <laughs> he didn't call me again. <laughs> Many things in my mind, sir. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> what I will not tell you, sir, okay? is gospel matter. I ain't calling anybody. But if he says, there's a reason why you're not calling me, I'll say, yes, sir. The truth is this. When it comes to preaching the gospel, I can't call people. Like the richest black man on this earth, I won't say that one. I'll say that first part. The second part in my mind, yeah, the richest black man on the earth will not change it. And there was one, one man who called us one day now. <clears throat> Remember that one? Called us some, a few, about two years ago, three years ago. He called, of course, was Reverend Yinka that took the call. The guy heard us from another town and said that, ah, he was so blessed, he was so blessed. God, the way Pastor Banky preaches everything, that uh, he wants to put the message on another radio station. So we should send somebody to his office. This man told him that, your office, sorry, we can't. Told him flat. Now, get my point. Somebody wants to carry money and pay a whole radio station. He said, just send somebody to my office so we can talk about it. And Thor Reverend said to him, I'm sorry, we cannot. The guy was taken aback. He didn't even tell me. He was later on, he asked me something that did anybody send us money, you know? And I said, what are you talking about? And I told me the gist. I said, you say, if we just be nicer now, because the guy, he showed me the text the guy sent him. The guy couldn't believe it. So the guy was like, look, you don't understand what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do this. He said, excuse me, sir. Let me explain to you. We have people giving us money from different parts of the world. How many offices will we go to? The guy felt insulted. And he should. I mean, it's good we did that. That's what I mean. He should feel insulted. So I can understand that. You see, some, some people, they are used to pastors doing them, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pastor Bank ain't doing you yes, sir, because you have money. And the people that work with him, they've learned it too. They ain't doing you yes, sir. I just realized something though. Since that time, how many people have taken up radio stations? You know, this was after, after that. First time we went to Akure, one brother paid for one year. We went to Portaco to do a program. This same Reverend Yinka came and said, come and greet pastor. The guy still refused. He ran away. Yet he paid for us to be on radio for one straight year. The only thing we just ask people is that if you want to help us put us on radio, don't negotiate because they will cheat you. We, we you know, <laughs> by reason of use, we have learned to discern between good price and bad price. <laughs> so we always insist, no, leave the negotiation to us. So that's what he did. So once he brought up the idea, in just told him, please, let me do the negotiation. So he called the people. They will haggle, haggle. We know, you know, we, we know where, where your price should be. We have experience. As at now, how many reasons are we on? 23. So, I mean, and we didn't start today. Many of us remember Cosmo FM. Yeah, from the days of Cosmo FM, we have been broadcasting. Right now, we're on 23 radio stations in Nigeria. So, we have the experience. You know, he just told the, the guy, please, let me, let me do the negotiation. So, we always insist on that. The reason is that if you don't, if we do that, we get you a, a lower price. So, once he agreed, the guy went, said there's no need to be talking up and down. He paid them for one year. And then called, I'll pay though. And that's not the only one. I'm just counting them now. Different places. They'll just come. Want to put, so since that time, and that is, most of these people are talking about, they don't even talk to me. They don't talk to me at all. They, they don't even want to talk to me. And we didn't go to one office. One like this. No. They are the ones that will call, please, so is it possible? 
can we? We're thinking of me and my friends. We decided that we did. That is that's the kind of talk. So you can imagine those early days when somebody said, "Okay, this all of this has not happened then, but it was just our policy. If you want to give money, you bring it. It's an offering." Have you ever gone to the, have, you go, have you ever seen a priest go to somebody's house and say, "Please, oh, I hear it's an offering there here. May I come kill him for you?" You take your offering. It's an honor. Are you getting my point? Yes. Ah. God is collecting money from you. You should be happy. You should be happy. You should be joyful to do it. I won't greet. I don't care how rich you are. And we are not trying to hammer. We are not trying to blow. Let me tell something about myself. All right, so you know Pastor Banky very well. So it will help you relate with me. The only thing I want to do is record what I'm preaching and write my books. I don't. I don't have a third agenda. Which is the reason why? Listen. Five people gathering here will not discourage me. There's only five. What will discourage me is that we finish and then um, uh, um, Israel now comes and tells me that uh, there was noise in the background. That's what gets to me. I didn't know what um, uh, uh, Mika was doing or our apostle was doing. They went and pressed a button. They deleted the message. I will eat everybody. <laughs> Since 2003, of preaching every week, then most of the time, twice a week, apart from December, there's not up to three messages that are missing. We're in 2021. It's not up to three that's missing. So you know that I'm not kidding what I'm talking, telling, you, telling you about. Not up to three. I only said the three just to give latitude. I remember only one. And that one, I still remember the one man was, he came to town to come and preach. I was rushing. As soon as I finished, I wanted to go and join the meeting to go and hear him. As soon as I finished preaching, we wanted to save the computer crashed. And we're recording that time on the laptop directly. It just crashed. Just before we press, you know, just to save, it just crashed. So the message just got wiped. He's the only one I remember. Rain or shine, we will record. I didn't used to preach if there's no recorder. No. What, what? You must record it all. And then we go here. How are you not going to do it? These days now we now travel. The recording is that you just leave those things. Before, everywhere I went, I went with a recorder. Maybe because that's, the way, that's how I was blessed. That's how I was raised up. I, I, I didn't go to a good church as a young Christian. In that sense. You know, this, this ministry, no. We're just, we ourselves, students on campus. It's our senior bros that used to preach. But Ken Hagin was our friend. We read his books. Then one day we got his messages. Now all my life, that's how I built myself. My Bible school was those books, those CDs, those, there were no CDs, tapes. So maybe that's why I'm like that. I just feel like that is the most important thing. For, I mean, Oswald Chambers, I was telling, we talk about, died at the age of 43. They said his wife could write faster than most men could talk. I got that detail recently. That her ability for shorthand was 250 words a minute. That is faster than most people talk. You need, in my own, let me add my own to it. You need to be an American rapper to talk faster than that. No, think about 250 words a minute is four words a second. That's how fast she could take words down. When I read it, I said, no wonder. I'd heard that her ability was phenomenal. I watched the video of her daughter interviewed, that her mother's ability was phenomenal. But he said 250 words a minute. 
that that is faster than most people can talk. How many people can pronounce? You are talking four words in a second. Now, this is what I'm going about it. So she wrote everything that the man died at the age of 43. My father in heaven. He left a, you know, a massive collection of teachings. I've got over 30 books taken out of the things she recorded. For me, I looked at it and said, that, that's, for me, that's one of the most important things in life. So, God helping us by, which mother are we in? April. Okay, let me just give it some time. By June, our two new books will be out. The one that I've been, I, people have been waiting for for a long time. <sighs> okay, I won't tell you the title. So I don't know the title. I won't tell you the title. It's almost finished now. So we, we just use the, May, the period of May to go to press and do everything. Hopefully by June. should be out. And for me, ah, that is joy. So even the only two people come in here, as long as I write the books, and they say, okay, maybe the books will make money. No! Put on our website. It has gone out. Once <laughs> That little book... Um, the mark of the beast. Using bit.ly clicks alone. Alright? The one that will use a link to, so I could monitor the clicks. Now, people will click that directly. By now, there are almost 4,000. No, no, more than that. Abi, I can't remember. But most of the one we first share was by WhatsApp. I know WhatsApp, there's no way of tracking that. Share, 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 share. So I'm convinced thousands and thousands of people have it on their devices. One of our sisters, I don't have all my life, almost. Okay, send me a message about last week. I said, Banky, I've never read anything as clear as what you wrote on that subject in that book. He said, God bless you. Yes. I was happy. That is, she read it and said, this is clear. You gave us a lot of understanding. It is not money that's the issue. People should just, and, and I'm glad. It's a book. Only one person can stop it from circulating. That's God in heaven. Nobody else has their, the devil does not have the ability. Now I'm talking about the technological ability and the, you know, governmental ability to stop that book from spreading. You know why? We have thrown it into cyberspace. It's on so many devices. I know the way God did this Roman road is easy to clone. One person can give 100 people in an instant. One person can give 100 people. For me, that's my own joy. So that's why you can't do me shakara. The only person that I can fear is God in heaven. He's the only one that can take my voice and say, you will not be able to speak, you will not be able to write. And why will he do it? I don't think he wants to do that. As long as I don't start telling lies, you know, if I start telling lies, what he does, he will warn. Banky, I'm warning you. I'm warning you. That's when he will now seize your voice and remove your ability to write. The Lord is good. How did you get into that? I was always saying. I know where we began from, but I don't know how we reached. You know, just these preachers, that's what they are matter with. Just go, go, go. Didn't, didn't say they get missing. Eh? I, 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 yes, I know. I know that's where we began from. Yes, I was. Yeah, that's where we were. So what I'm going to say is this. Listen. If I began, where I began that from actually was trying to explain to people that fill your head with spiritual information. It affects, I mean, it decides how things affect you. I hope I get on my point. Yes. It's when you fill your head with material information so much that you think that the things you are going through, you know what we began to speak about today is what God really is doing in your life. What God is doing in my life. What is he doing in our lives? We need to understand it. It helps us relate with difficulty. Helps us relate with prosperity. Help us, helps us to know what to focus on in life. It says, seek the things that are above, not the things that are beneath. Our lives are 
kept there, up there, where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's what we should be seeking. It's important. The world tries to put our eyes on mundane things. I went into trying to explain that. Let's not get carried away. Okay? It's inferiority complex. That we will not be, you know, complaining and complaining. Alright? Somebody won't say, all I want in my life is just to be able to buy a car. And you, you, I mean, imagine a student that is the only thing I want in this school is just the ability to wear a brand new shirt. Are you a student? Is the ability to wear a brand new shirt that's the most important thing? Of course, it's silly. It's silly. It shows you don't understand life. You don't understand purpose. So what we need to do is focus our minds. Now, back to where we began the message from. Let's look at life from the spiritual angle. I explained the people that will strap themselves and kill themselves. It's something, whether it's true or false, it's a place where they have been taken into by teaching. And we that know the truth, we know Jesus is the way, what? The truth and the life. Jesus is the truth. We claim to know him. We should know it. Are you getting my point? We should know him and know it. When I say it now, what I meant is that we should know the truth that he's teaching us. He says something. I am going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Now say something. If it were not so, I would have told you. That is everything he told us, they are true. They are real. If he says there is a heaven, it's real. If he says I'm ascending to my father, I will send the Holy Spirit, it's true. There is a place where the heavenly father is. There is a place to dwell there. If he says that I will return and then give you a new body, it is true. It is true. If he says count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials, it is true. It's not just good preaching, it's fact. Many people have been lied to. Many people have strapped themselves and blowed themselves. They, somebody lied to them. They were deceived. It's possible to believe a lie. And that's when somebody is deceived. When you're walking by something that you are convinced about, but you think it's not a fact, it's not true, then you say you are deceived. But in Christ Jesus, there's no deception. There's no deception. He's the beginning and the ending. He is life. So what we need, therefore, is to fill our hearts with his truth. Is to fill our hearts with his truth. Anything he says, believe it. Walk by it. Eventually to be proven in your practical experience to be the truth. Don't let the earth, physical earth confuse you. Don't let it. For example, he says that we should not sorrow as those that don't have hope. So if a loved one actually dies, God is disappointed if we keep crying. Yes. He's disappointed. Why are you behaving like this fellow is gone? It's just like somebody traveled abroad. Don't you have friends you have not seen in 20 years? So you know you will see him again. You will see her again. He said, okay, I'm not saying you, I mean, people are traveling, people share tears. Okay, share the tears, but don't behave as if there's no hope. That's what he says. That's what he teaches us. So when we want to mourn, we mourn like those that have what? Hope. We fill our heads with these truths. It affects the way we relate with things. Let me get back to that money issue. One of the reasons why I behave like that about money, you know, <laughs> you know, when we, begin, when we were starting ministry and I told people what we were planning to do, and then we began to do it, and many people that have known me before, they come and say, okay, should we meet on Saturday? Why don't you meet on Sundays? <sighs> okay, let me summarize like this. It's not the will of God. <laughs> let's, make it, let's make it short. But one of the things is that what, of course, there's a way we are in church in our, in our, in our generation, okay? 
So church in our generation involves, it's not just teaching. There are many other things that go with it. All right? There's choir. There's children's church. There's women's group. There's men's group. But tell me something, Apostle, you were doing this thing before. Now you're pretending. <laughs> there's all kinds of things. Eh? There's youth ahead. There is, there's follow-up. There's, uh, there's drama. There are so many things, and they are good. Now, please, let me say something. They are right. Nothing wrong with In fact, if you are, if you are in it, if you have a church, you should have a good youth ministry. Young people have energy. It, it has to be burnt. It has to be used. Some people say, no, there's not, no, no, you should. If you have drama group, they should play music. They should have choreography. They should do all kinds of youthful things. They should even have football club, if possible. <laughs> yes, they have to play. They have to do acrobatics. Are you helping my point? Yeah, nothing wrong with it. And it, so that's what church is, because it's, it's, a proper church tries to take care of every part of the life. A lot of our schools, they, they, they were started by churches, you know, Catholic church, Anglican church, mission schools. So they belong to everybody. Yeah, and it's good, it's good, really, it's good. It's just that the, of course, the, the vicar will not be the principal. That's one God does not want. Yeah, because when is it going to start, um, our ministry of the word and prayer, that is own. Okay, but the church to own it is a good thing. Now, so, just to let you know, one of the reasons why I believe God said, no, bank you do it the way you are doing it, okay? And we've been like this for a very long time. So that we focus on just one thing. That's the teaching. If you are coming to Kingdom World, you don't expect praise worship, do you? Occasionally you stumble into it. Oh, that's nice. We sang today. Amen? But you know it's not going to happen again for some time. Enjoy it while it lasts. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> if I tell you that we have a special number, there's a choir, you know, you'll be looking like, oh, God on the backslide, though. Your own is that, okay, are we increasing the length of stay here to four hours, or you are shortening the length of preaching? That's the second one you don't want. No matter how blessed the special number is, and the choir is, if I will tell you that because of that, we are going to shorten message today to 45 minutes. That's it. A riot. Answers. You block the road. End Pastor Banky, because this one he's doing. You don't understand. You don't understand again. You understand what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. Okay? So, now back to the reason why I brought up the issue. So, when we began like that, I just wanted to explain that briefly. A lot of people gave me the counsel that no. Now, listen to this. this let me tell you something about satanic counsel. Satanic counsel is always looking for your good. Looking out for your good. How will you get money to run this ministry? I've held all kinds of counsel. Some say I should sell the first five minutes of the preaching on radio. That, you know, if, we, if we pay for 8 to 8.30, we can monetize the first 10 minutes. Omo, super blue. Omo, before you hear Pastor Bank. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how it should be. MTN, your best connection. Now, coming up, Pastor Bank. <laughs> I tell my brother, I say, bro, my mind, leave the, leave the matter. One day, one of our, the guy who does our website, very brilliant guy. Why I call him brilliant? You may not think our website is the best in the world, but why I call him brilliant is that there is nothing I tell him to do he doesn't do. What I mean is that if I tell him, look, I have this idea, I want the website to do this, it's okay, give me a day. By the end of the day, he has given me a sample, and you click on it on his computer, bam, he opens it. I say, good. Anytime I tell him something, he will, he will do it. Very brilliant. So one of those that came to my house, he was working on the website. And then he opened and saw the heat count, the number of people that came to the site. Ah, he said, sir, we can do something with this. Home. I said, what? He said, we can do something. They said, we will put Google ads. <laughs> Listen, 
is called turning your stones to bread. Because when people, when people come to you, you understand, because the kind of ministry, iron, the kingdom word is, they open their heart for instruction. So if you tell them, buy Omo, they will buy. I hope you're getting my point. Sometimes you're not the one that will tell them to buy the Omo. Their hearts are open, ready to receive instruction. They'll say, this is the best toothpaste. They will go and buy. And God will not decay your own teeth. That's just the way it works. Because that, <laughs> that's the <a> comfort somewhere. <laughs> it's iniqui- and you'll be happy if all it does is collect your teeth. Too. It's iniquity. I d- see, please, when is the word of God, try and keep it as pure as possible. That's what I just want to say. Okay? So, I get all of those things. Those counsels. So, one day, people have told me that those early days, ha, should start ministry on Sunday. I said, why? He said, because that's when people give offering. But that's when they give their tithes. See, you, you know, me and people have disagreed in this money matter a lot. I'm sorry to say it. You know the reason why most people disagree with me? They feel like I'm on... It's not about truth. No, it's not about whether this is true. They've never tried to carry scripture to argue with me. They are honest. Okay, if everybody believes what they are saying, how much money will church get? I've heard people say that to me directly. Friend of mine said, after I said, look, this thing you are saying, how many people will give to church if this thing you are saying? I'm telling you. Some people have tried to color it another way, that you don't want people to be blessed. Is a lie. That's not their issue. They just, just say, say the Pastor Vanky doesn't want Christians to be blessed. He's telling them not to tithe. How would they be blessed? Let's tell the truth. That's not your worry. Because the same Pastor Vanky took time out to teach them on grace to prosper. People told me that, listen, on Sunday, this one people give offerings. But this, that, that, what I'm talking about that is this. What helped me make my decision and retain what I was doing? I always say it and hear it now. I'm not trying to scare you, but it's the truth. See, no, before, let me first say this fact, and I'll tell you the, the one that's scary, which I'm not trying to scare anybody. The fact is that a man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. So what God wants to give us, we will collect it. It will come. You can't hold it back. Oh, what determines whether we'll get it or not is our faith, not your behavior. Do you get my point? If you say that, no, I only give on Sundays, that's your problem. If you don't threaten me with fire and brimstone, I will not give. It's your problem. I have never in my life that I can remember. If I tried it, God quickly corrected me. I've ne- I, I don't try. See, the only time I try to get money from preaching, that like I did something that I will profit from it, God collected the money. He took, God has taken my things like that a number of times. I remember three clearly, and I don't want to bore you with the stories. There's one particular angel, the guy likes me. Never seen him, but the way he takes my things, I know he likes me. That the one brother said, I was so happy to make 50 CDs and sell and pocket the money for somebody. Years ago. He said, I said, I like this. I said, oh, come now, let's make for you now. So it was me, I was doing my own runs. So I collected money from him. I went, I went and sat down dutifully with my nice laptop, made 50 CDs for him at 100 naira for one. It was before the days of MP3. Was I doing MP3? So he gave me how much? 5,000. I gave him an envelope. And I thanked him very much. Then I stopped in the post office to pick something from the post office. And I got home and I looked for that envelope. The money, the envelope, I didn't see one. The only place I went was the post office. I just went, opened the box, took something, locked it, entered my car back, 
and drove home. I remembered clearly entering my car. His office was on Ogui Road, where we did the exchange. And when I got home, I did not see the envelope. I didn't see the content. Nobody broke into my car. I didn't go anywhere. The money phew, disappeared. And I got my lesson. So when you see me say, uh, Pastor, download free of charge. Apart from the fact that I always wanted to give it out free of charge, there are two other reasons why I do it free of charge. One, I chopped free of charge, so I don't want to have to pay now. Because when you start selling, go say, eh, is it like that? All those ones, you, second year on campus, remember that step you guys dubbed, come and pay. And the naira at that time was two naira to the dollar, so I'm going to calculate it at dollar rate. I don't want to pay. There are people that said, don't copy this tape. They told us like that. We said we will copy it. <laughs> that when you are angry, you go to God the Father and go and report. The banker and his friends listen to the word of God by copying the tape. And let's see whose side God will be on. That was my attitude. If you say, you can't photocopy this book, I go do it like this. I go see photocopy the book. Once now I'm preaching, I don't listen. And my logic, I know it is not your father's property. It's our father's property. So God, I said, Banky, I hope you remember this since you believe. Oh. I said, Baba, how can I forget? When it was not my turn to be the one producing, I said, everybody, take oh. Take oh. I've been believing this since I was in university. Oh. So give out the books free of charge. Of course. The only reason why we don't have this one is because of, is because of uh, what do they call it? A printing cost. Not even the printing cost. After we also print the tracts and all of that. It's, um, there's one way I'm looking for it. Cost effectiveness. Because you give people books, they won't read it. I said, go and download it free. And that's why we've always kept our books price low. One day, one man came to me and said, Banky, ah, join me now. Let me distribute these materials. I said, well, how do you need to say, give me 10,000, I'll give the book to 10 people. <laughs> I burst into laughter. I told my wife, this is very funny. Because the book was the same size as the one we were selling for 100, 100 naira. Then I will give you 10,000 naira to give it to how many people? 10. Is that wise? He said, so for 1,000, we're selling our 100, 100. The same content. That's the volume. That's why you went to one church once. Where did you go that day? He said, Pastor Frankie has spoiled us. Don't say it loud, though. He so went to buy MP3 CD. They counted it one by one. If it contained 10 messages, the CD in a... He said, look at Hey, Kenny, what happened? The spirit said, this is not Kingdom World Ministries. Now you come and go say, Pastor, I think you have spoiled us thoroughly. So we are increasing price now. All messages now, 2,000 naira for one. Because that's a joke. Not a joke, like God wants to say. <laughs> the Lord is good. That's, so that's one, that's not my first reason. My second reason, of course, is simply because, um, um, what's the second reason now? Yeah, you know, want we to, to reach as many people as possible. And that's our joy. Then the third reason I was telling you is that it didn't even work. If I drive, if, if I say, okay, this one, I want to monetize so I can get money, God will not agree. That the angel came, took my money nicely, and I heard in my spirit, no voice, I just thought about it. Don't do it again. <laughs> I, I, nev- I, rem- I never saw that money again. I've lost money before, I will know how it got missing. I was paying somebody, maybe he fell out. <clears throat> this one, an angel put his hand, took it. I said, Baba God said, no. If you want money, Ask me. The Lord is good. Why am I saying all of these things? Let's understand what God is doing. 
Let's understand what he's doing. So when people told me that time, do this, and I was trying to make a point. I realized long ago that any money that I would need, any money that belongs to Kingdom Word, will come to Kingdom Word. Remember that. It will come. We don't have to fight for it. We don't have to look for it. We don't have to preach for it. That's why you have never heard Kingdom Word. The only time we have asked for money to directly instruct people is we want to do something. Are you getting my point? I will just give people the opportunity. Because for our own, we keep on telling you, this ministry is run by free will offerings of people. So we, we say it all the time. So people should know that. Occasionally, I will now come and say, please, there's a special project we want to get involved in. And literally, literally, I want to give people the opportunity to be blessed by joining. Yes, it's not because... I li- so over, and I remember when I wanted to do one that time. I said, we are taking the announcement three times. Because to give, to propagate the gospel, you should be the one pursuing me, not me pursuing you. If I tell you once, I shouldn't have to remind you. You should be one coming to tell me and say, ah, Pastor Banky, that thing you said, is it still open? So that's how you announced I didn't have money, but I have small money now. Is it still open? Not me harassing you, say, okay, where is the money? Where is the money? No. You should be the one excited because it is more blessed to give than to receive. There's some people who told me that, ah, do this on Sunday. And then people will give me money. I that kind of money is not blessed anyway. It's not blessed. God loves what? A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver is happy to do. I don't have to say, okay, it's not a regular, what I'm trying to say, a religious giver that only drops money on Sunday mornings. That's not the person that God loves. No. A cheerful giver, ah, thinks about it. Say, oh, this is what I want to achieve. This is what I'm, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. The Lord is good. So that's why, it, for me, it was easy. The, the, the reason people gave me to do the opposite, it didn't fly. It couldn't fly with me. Because the Lord had given me understanding. He said, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. So I'm very careful, God helping me, never to turn it around. Me running towards prosperity. No, God said, no, no, go where you want to go. I will cause the prosperity to flow towards you. And I've been careful, God helping me. I'm not saying I've been 100% perfect, but I keep on cautioning myself. If it looks like I'm running towards prosperity, I stop. It must flow towards. It must flow towards. These things are spiritually determined. They are not games of chance. Let me say that again. The flow of blessing is spiritually determined. It's not a game of chance. Anything you want from God, ask him. Anything you need for him to do, discuss it with him. That's how you handle it. Stop skimming your life towards it. Did you hear what I said? No, I don't think you heard me well. Don't skim your life towards a material thing. Ask the Lord for it. Skim your life towards purpose. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. There are more important things to skim for. You know what he said? Your heavenly father knows you need these things before you ask him. What did he say? Seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? All other things will be added. What does that tell me? It means that if they are not being added, I'm seeking the wrong things. If they are not being added, that is why most people run after money, they don't get it. If you're a Christian, if you run after money, you won't get it. You won't. Why? Because God said, run after what? The kingdom and his righteousness. And all other things will be what? Added. It's an addition. 
It cannot be the primary thing in your life. It must always be what? An addition. The Lord is good. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. I hope I'm helping somebody. What we are doing is learning spiritual truths. I was trying to say, so let's focus on learning it. What I wanted to start with today, let me start it. Let's see how far we can go. I'll get into it again next time. So, Deuteronomy chapter 8, we read something there to show what exactly God is doing in our lives. We want to look at it from that particular um, reference to help us. From Deuteronomy chapter 32, we read before, we said the other time, the Lord trained Joseph, uh, Jacob by himself, and there was no foreign God with him. That's what I want to remind us of. What is God doing in our lives? I went to all of this talk that he's not trying to make us rich. No. In fact, James said it categorically. Anybody that wants to be rich, what? Will pierce himself through with many sorrows. Being rich must never be the focus in the life of any child of God. It's forbidden. If you cannot define what you want to do in the light of purpose... Or, in that same light also, you can define it another way, in imparting a blessing into life, into people. Bringing something you believe, you know, because Jesus said, to, we should pray like this, that will be done on earth as it is written or planned or predetermined in heaven. What does that mean? Sometimes God helps you see what he really wants done on the earth, which has not been done. And he gives you the opportunity to do it. That's another reason we do things. What, let me give you a simple example. I've used this illustration so many times. You should know it by now. You've heard me enough, even if you haven't read the book yourself. Mary Kay Ash said she started Mary Kay Cosmetics not because she wanted to sell cosmetics. She wanted to sell, she wanted to teach people how to run a marketing company. Because she felt the way it was being done was not right. She started, she chose cosmetics because she said, what can I sell? She needed something unique to sell. You know, I said, cosmetics is not unique. When she began, it wasn't cosmetics per se she was selling. She was a particular cream that made your skin look younger. That's what she wanted to market. The cream did not exist. <laughs> her, her, she had a friend whose family had, the father was a tanner, a leather tanner. And they knew that the man was aging, the skin on his hands wasn't aging. Do you understand? So they said there must be something in that, in that, on the chemicals she was, he was using that kept the hands young. So she went, so the family had worked on the formula, a crude formula, and they kept it there. So she went and bought the right to that and decided to make it into cosmetics and start selling it into her, what they, they had the particular name for that series, to make people look younger. Now, but she said her focus was on, she said her focus was on marketing. She had been a marketer for decades and did not like the way it was done. So she wanted to teach people a better way of doing it. In fact, the first thing she did was to write a book. She wasn't trying to start a company. She wrote a book. So that book, she was about to have it printed. When something in her said, why would anybody read it? You are not an authority. Nobody knows you. Why don't you practice it first and use your success in practicing it to teach people? And that's, what, that's how she became what she became. Henry Ford, the same thing. He kept on saying, the way we are doing business is not right. The way we are doing business is not right. 
In fact, I told you he didn't like bankers. What was his reason? He said they are not, they are trying to make money. They are trying to, they are not trying to help businesses grow. So that was his reason. It wasn't like the idea of lending money was bad to him. But he felt that you should be my partner. If you give me a million dollars, you should want the company to succeed. Not as if if you see things are going bad, you demand your one million dollars back. And if I don't give you, you close my doors because you have the legal right to, then you sell off all our equipment to get your one million dollars back. Forgetting that you gave me the million dollars to bring something to life. Now the thing is dead, but you are happy as long as you're able to get your one million dollars back. So that's why he never borrowed money from there, apart from the earliest days of his business life. Now, I'm just now to explain something. So what he was, what he used, what he's kept on saying is that listen, this can be done better. For example, he said you can pay workers better. You don't have to pay as low as possible. Pay as high as is, you know, can be sustained. So everybody will be happy. That's the kind of principle he had. It's okay if you are going to pay more. Well, they have to produce more. So he invented methods to make sure everybody could produce better. He cut the work into simple work. And they had the principle that, please, not everybody is going to be a genius. Not everybody is going to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody is going to be a master in everything. So let's make work available for everybody. Once you are alive and you are well, you can work from here forward. Your job may just be carry this from here, put it here, and turn it once. Carry it from here, put it here, and turn it once. See? In the day, you should be able to do 500 of that. <laughs> People say the man will become a robot. Say, hey, he was a robot before I hired him. Without me, you have no robotic job to do. <laughs> he said, but at least I've given him a job. Now, I don't know something here. She said, the man, that, you can read this book, My Life and Work. That's where I got all of this information from. Now, the point I'm going to make is that this man said, listen, let's do things differently. So sometimes, that's what God is asking you to do. It is not every business that's going to make a lot of money as a believer. But everyone will introduce something into the environment. Did you hear what I said? The world talks about make more money, make more money. No, God said no. What are you introducing? When people come to me sometimes, they want to start a business. Okay, what are you doing differently? If you want to tell me something that 1,000 people are already doing in Enugu, and you can't show me what is different, I'll tell you, bros, go and find something else to do. Go and find something else to do. This one you are doing. Everybody is doing it already. What are you doing differently? What are you injecting? Otherwise, we'll just agree this is not a business. It's a temporary, let's not be idle. Please, I hope you are following my point. That so sometimes we want to, that's what we mean by the will of God that is in heaven. Let us bring it down to the earth. It's one of the reasons we do things. As believers, we don't pursue money. We are not allowed to. We are not allowed to. Let me explain this. When God wants to bless, God blesses people in strange manners. Did you hear what I said? He blesses people in strange... That is, that I can start telling several stories of how he has blessed people in the past. Some of the things... You know, let me tell you something. <laughs> Some of the, you sit down now, it doesn't sound so stupid. That the man chases football around and they pay him one million pounds a week. Is the pay as high as that? I'm not sure. You are shaking your head. You obviously don't watch football. Your black mask has confused you. You are not watching football. People get paid up to one million pounds a week. He's still shaking his head. He doesn't want to believe. Eh? See, 
when you transfer it for 50 million pounds, how much is that one? They will not start paying salary on top of that. When you average, how much is that? Ross, they do. Okay, I know you know, please. Do they pay up to one million pounds a week? I see. Thank you, George. What is what that did? I'm not talking about Rangers, though. Okay, Rangers does not pay up to that. Of course, they pay, they pay. It's a football. Now, what I'm going to say is that you know that's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. I hope you know it's a very silly thing to give that to human me for chasing ball. You don't think so. You know why? God has normalized it. One day, if God wants to bless somebody, he can just decide that anybody who does like this will get 10 million pounds. It sounds stupid now. I know it does. But when God decides that that's how I want to bless somebody, he will so rearrange life. They will start analyzing. If you see when his hand goes up, it leaves a particular height. He matches the leg, and, and he's the only one that can do it in the universe. And people will gather to watch you do it like this. I say, you are doing tap dancing. No, you are confused. God is just blessing you. There's nothing you are doing that is special. Can't is the way human beings are pushing Bitcoin. The stupidest idea in this world. Not that one Bitcoin is $50,000. What is Bitcoin? Let me tell you what Bitcoin is. It's pain on your screen. There's pain on your screen. That's Bitcoin. Yes, yeah, some people just bought it for $100, $100. Now they sold it for $50,000 for one. They have become multi-millionaires and they've gone home. Then the, the whole thing may collapse tomorrow. But God has rearranged wealth the way he wanted to rearrange it. God can change laws just to bless somebody. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, he can. He will just get up Change the laws, and things will be different. Just change laws, and things will be different. There are times there's something you are doing, one person will just come one day and say, ah, let's put this in on television now. So, ah, what am I doing I want to put on television? Okay, say so the TV writes, did you ever hear this lady? Ah, this one, that's, she can talk like a child. She does motivation speaking now. What's her name? Eh? Helen Paul. She said the first day they paid her for a joke she has been cracking on her life. You know, just just talk like she she went to do is it advert for is it a milk or milk or something? They were looking for who to when they paid her. I think she said for the first few she didn't cash the check. I don't know whether I get the point. Apart, you know the way they preach every time, word versus word. Every Sunday, they want the number say please come and do word versus word for us in a particular church somewhere. You now go just sit down you and Ezine in a go. And I said, you know, they say they want to film it and you should bless the whole world. And to you, it's the same world versus world. The only difference is that they put cameras. So you wear your best suit that day. That's the only thing you have done different. And Edgine does her hair very nice. Because then when you finish, you say, oh, it was such a tremendous blessing. We want to thank God for your life. And they say, Pastor, you're only alone. No? They can't give you checks. Say now, 85 million naira. You know, you will look and say, you first laugh. <laughs> Say if not a joke, I've been a suffer. He said, because if I believe it now and it's now it's now a joke, I'm going to provoke. It does not. Ah, they not say, ah, no, Pastor, no, the, the Lord laid it on our hearts to just say. Uh... You know, you look at the money and look and say, for what? Alibaba said the first time they paid him a millionaire, he went to the beach to go and cry. He went with the check. 
Unless I'm mistaken, if he's not the one that, I think he's the one that said it. Well, if I'm mistaken, somebody else. But one of these big comedians, at the first they gave him a million naira. He went to the beach and cried. Like, God, what's going on? Is not the same talk, the same joke, this just, this same MC work we have been doing? Not a millionaire of today. How was Years ago. Then there's something about blessing. When God wants to give you, somebody said one day, said, God cannot surprise me. I said, He hasn't blessed you yet. He said, Because I expect anything. I said, Keep quiet. He hasn't blessed you yet. When he blesses you, he will surprise you. Say, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, it was as if we were dreaming. See, then our mouths were filled with what? Laughter. Who couldn't help it? I remember that I'm preaching that. They said, God can't, I said, you know, there are things you should know, you shouldn't say. That God can't surprise you. You don't know this God. You don't know him. When he lifted Joseph up, if Joseph was not surprised, he's lying. With all his dreams, he was surprised. In my mind, I just see the way it happened with Joseph. Normal way, because we all know the story. Bros not like you. Brethren, they toss you inside pits. They carry you, come out, sold you as a slave. Went to slave master's house, you prospered. Mrs. Mrs. Augusta started misbehaving. Then you ran away. Because you cannot do this and sin against God. They took your shirt, used as evidence against you. Our God did not let you talk. He put you in DSS detention. Do you get my point? That's what happened. He was master of the bodyguard. Put him in prison where the king's prisoners were kept. Special jail. You cried for the first few days. He did not eat. After some time, he said, you just died here for nothing. You rose up, <laughs> washed your face, and began to live again. Then you interpreted a dream for two men who were unhappy one day. And you beg them and say, you know, these were powerful men in Egypt, if you remember. The cup bearer and the chief baker. So they hung the chief baker and the cup bearer was reinstated back to his position. You must understand, cup bearer, cup bearer decided what the king drank and ate. It was like, it was more than a chief of staff. He saw the king every day. He was powerful. And you told him, please, sir. I didn't do anything, no. If you can just help me get out of this jail, then he forgets you for the next two years. You don't cause Mrs. Spotify to die. You know, in fact, you, you, you cause that woman every day for the first six months, then God told you to forgive. Then you say, God, what I can do for Mrs. Spotify is I won't think about her. Some say, pray for the person you have forgiven. You say, God, I can't do that one. Just leave her. I know, I, I know the vex. <laughs> then you resigned your life. The big, I mean, that was the closest to release, but it never came. Then one day you heard chariots arrive, and suddenly somebody rushed and said, quick, 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 shave, 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 shave. Why, why, why? Shave! You are going, you are going to the palace. <sighs> like, Potiphar has not forgotten. After all these years? That's what you are thinking of. Then you get there. Of course, they dress you up. Listen, you stand, maybe let me tell you what Pharaoh was. Pharaoh was the most powerful king around that time. You don't stand in his presence feeling wife. I'm a son of God. I'm anointed of the Holy Spirit. No. <laughs> My father has a covenant. Nothing like that. You go there, you are trembling. So they say, oh, I hear you interpret dreams. You don't even know how to say yes, sir. He tells you the dream by himself. And here you are speaking with Pharaoh, asking your favor. 
That is shock number one. Then as soon as he finishes telling you, in fact, before he finishes telling you the dream, you see it in your mind. As he's telling the first one, you can see the picture. Then tell the second one, the same picture comes to your mind. And he said, the Lord has said it to you twice. The thing is going to start quickly. So he says to you, no, that was the end of the dream, you know that. That was the interpretation. He said, what are we supposed to do now? Sir, immediately we have to start storing grain. How do we store grain for that length of time? This is what we are going to do. We are going to have grain the first year. The second year, we'll consume the first year. We'll master one. You kept on, you're explaining. They say, okay, okay, you know, don't think he's sitting down there listening to you. His men have taken you aside to hear everything. First day, they are discussing. Second day, they are discussing. They're arguing and arguing. Nobody seems to understand what they are saying. The Pharaoh comes in. So what is going on? They tell him. He said, can we find somebody else? What you guys are telling him, this guy is the best to handle this job. Please, put him in charge. Grant him an immediate pardon. Mrs. Spotify suddenly wiped out of your records. <laughs> you don't get the point. My, the way I understand it, all the things that happen, just, you know, on that instant. Next few days, they come again. He wants to do something. Somebody obstructs it. Pharaoh said, no, I don't like this way this is going. Henceforth, you are number one in the land apart from me. Why? So that nobody can obstruct what he wants to do. It wasn't just promotion for the sake of promotion. People don't understand. It was like he wanted to do something. One minister said cannot be done. He wanted to do another person cannot be done. Pharaoh said, I know how to solve this matter. Henceforth, your word is law. A few days ago, you were in prison. Now you are commanding. You know what the Bible says? He was, to, he was allowed to imprison the princes at will. So if any minister, any big man in Egypt crossed <laughs> Joseph, he told them to lock him up in Potiphar's house. <laughs> no, that was where they kept the big men. Go and read your Bible. That was where the king's prisoners were kept. A man, a young man, he wasn't old. He was about 30 years of age. Who was in jail just a few days ago. Now, no but as he's moving, they say, bow the knee, bow the knee. Joseph is coming, bow the knee, bend the knee. People are climbing the road for you. The king removes his signature and puts it on your hand. I don't think that guy slept for the first few weeks. Because if he wakes up, this dream will end. <laughs> ah, you know that kind of dream? It mustn't end. In Jesus' name, I bind this dream. It can never be over. My whole life is a dream in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, if, listen, let me tell you something. God will shock you. Amen. Say amen. Say prayer. Amen. He will surprise you. Amen. He said concerning Israel, one day you will look and say, who begat me all these children? It will happen to you, look, who begat me all this favor? Who begat me all this wealth? Who begat me all these children? Who begat me all of these things around me? God will turn your captivity it will be like a dream. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Anybody says, says to you that God cannot surprise him, he doesn't know God yet. He doesn't. He doesn't know God yet. If anybody tells God cannot surprise, he doesn't know him. And if the person says it in humility and ignorance, God will surprise that individual with good. One of the ways God surprises people is things that you have projected in your mind to take about 15 years to accomplish in six months, seven months to be done. <laughs> well, I'm speaking to somebody. They say, set a projection for your company. You set this thing, say, in your mind, ah, let's not think about it. Let's, this one, five years can accomplish this. You do 10 times that and it's just seven months past. It's what they call a quick walk in righteousness. Yeah. Go, just start, start moving things in your direction. Sharp, 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 sharp. Move, 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 move. 
Another part I like in it, he said, you will live in houses you did not build. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. It's not just physical house. That one will happen, but it's not just physical house. There are people who are laboring and building companies and all of that. And God said, the boy, my boy, who wants to run it? Is it in secondary school? Is it in university? Or it seems like Pastor Paul was preaching that day, yesterday. He's even kept somewhere. He's still working on a job that pays him a small amount of money. But this company you are building, it is his own. Yes, God does that. And then one day they carry you, put you in charge of the whole thing. But don't ever forget. It says, it's the Lord thy God that what? Gives you the power to get wealth. Not your own strength. One thing I'm convinced about is that God wants to demonstrate this is I have said in the last 30 minutes. He wants to demonstrate in the lives of people. Yeah, he wants to. He wants to. That's why he told Israel. He said, I first made you hungry. Then I fed you with manna. Why? So that you'll understand that man does not live by bread alone. It's not only the one with connection that does great things. That's what I was trying to say. I first made you hungry. Then I fed you with manna. He was trying to get something across to them. That David, your father may not be a king. I will make you a king. I hope you're getting my point here. You know what you told Saul? You were small in your own eyes, but I made you. That's the point. And that's one thing God still wants to do. But people, ah! You know, there was something that Abraham said to Melchizedek. I don't want to be able to say I made Abraham rich. Stop pursuing things that will make your progress predictable. I hope you're getting my point. Say, you know, if I go abroad now, I can plan for my children. God say, you see, you have collected my glory. You, you see what you are doing? You're just struggling with me for my glory. Why don't you get on your knees and plan for these children by prayer? And say, God, I'm not planning anything. I give them to you. My job is just to teach them what? Righteousness and justice. Then 15 years, 20 years, they, go, they look back. And somebody say, your father was very wise. And you, you know that, my father... My father, he didn't do anything. God will so show, that is, it will appear like you know what you are doing. Say, you know, there was a time he was supposed to go go, go abroad, but they decided to send you to Unilag because he knew that Dangote's son was coming to Unilag and the people would meet because maybe God used that one and connected to something. Next you know, you went to one kind of business and then, and they are looking like, they will not write stupid books. Books that make it appear like your father knew what he was doing. But you, you know, you just be laughing. Your laughter is the glory of God. I hope you get my point. That no, it wasn't like that. My father didn't know that. If I went to that school because they were the cheapest in the country. <laughs> yes. That was all. Oh, because of my performance and then this rule on the, what do you call it? Educational disadvantage. So that was where I could get admission. It wasn't any plan. And there are times you miss admission for a year. For two, don't worry. God knows what he's doing. He's waiting for the right time to put you into where he wants to be. You know, with God, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. What you call delay for ten years, God can fix it in six months. Yes. What people thought was delay for ten years, God can fix it in six months. Because to him, it's nothing. Once he says, go. It is time. It is time. Events will rearrange and accomplish what normally takes 10 years in six months. So sometimes God says, stay here for nine years. Don't think he doesn't know you are there. I hope I get my point. 
It's like maybe we are rushing to Lagos. Everybody has taken their car. Ooh, they are driving, they are going. God said, wait, you don't know he kept a private jet waiting for you. He said the program is at 8 o'clock. Everybody left by early so that they can drive 8 hours in suffering. Hold up, checkpoint. Then 2 hours before the program, they take you and you feel like, well, but God knows what he's doing now. But they don't head the same road. They head to an, a private airstrip you did not know existed. And they carry only you. <laughs> one man of God told us one story once. He told him to come to Lagos to come and preach. He said, I have things I'm doing. Ah, okay, when will you finish? Look, I, can, I will not be able to get there. Commercial flights now. So he said, no, they should forget it. He said by around 5 o'clock in the evening, he got a phone call. And the person said, I'm, I'm Captain Olayinka. I was told to pick you up. I don't know what I get the point. A plane had arrived. I said, I was told to bring you to Lagos. They are preaching tomorrow morning. It was five in the evening. The pilot was waiting. So what did you say? He said, they sent me to come and pick you up. Who? Told him his friend's name. Ah. So in that, the man now begging that place. They are paying by the hour. So the quicker he can get here, the more money he will save them. They can say, no problem. I'm not doing anything. I'm coming. The pilot now said, well, I have like maybe six seats, and you are the only person. So if you have anybody who wants to come with you, please go ahead. He said his, his knees quickly said, Mister, I'm going to Lagos. <laughs> <laughs> his knees rushed inside the house, quickly packed. His wife said, I better let us go. So him, his wife, his knees, they quickly ran, got to the airport. Ah, he said, they actually rode a carpet waiting for them. And they just strolled into <laughs> Only him, his wife, and his niece zoo, cross the country, land in Lagos. Anybody say private jet is bad? <laughs> the person is not going anywhere. It's obvious. <laughs> Imagine people have been booking ticket, rushing, rushing. Imagine he had canceled everything. Just no. God said, relax. This message tomorrow you will preach it. People are arriving in the evening when they knew what, the excuse he gave them. He said, "Oga, we will cancel that excuse." They got a plane to go there and go and pick him up. Greater things than that will happen to you. Amen. Let me tell you something about your life. Somebody will use it to preach one day. Amen. You know the one I'm using somebody to preach now? And your story will be used to preach also. Amen. In a season, God will do something strange in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I trust we are blessed today. Bow down your heads and give a lot of thanks for that. We'll continue. That thing I wanted to preach, we'll preach it next time. Let's just give a lot of thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for truth. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for insight. Thank you for inspiration.